Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm going to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen. And NFL's coming, man. NFL's, you know, mini camps, training camps, whatever you want to call it, they've started. And, you know, it, there's a lot of storylines already. Some of them, which is crazy because all, all off season, when we think of the NFL and we think of all the stories that came out, not much of them have been, have been good in light of it, like to shine a positive light in the NFL. I mean, you have the Ezekiel Elliott might hold out, which we'll talk about. We have the Melvin Gordon situation that we'll talk about. We have, you know, countless, the Tyreek Hill situation. It's, it's just a lot of situations that have happened over this offseason for the NFL where not too many, I don't, I can't, it's really hard for me to think, sit here and think about a positive topic that happened this offseason for the NFL. But the NFL, I'm sure, is ready for, you know, the season to start, many, uh, not many camp, uh, preseason to start, so they can put this thing, so they can put some of them stories behind us, but... Again, NFL starting. This is the Unpopular Podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening. And let's start with Melvin Gordon. Um, so for people that don't know, Melvin Gordon is the running back for the L.A. Chargers. And he wants to hold out. He is holding out for a, a bigger contract because he feels like he's outplayed his current contract. I understand where he's coming from, but then I kind of understand where the Chargers are coming from. They're pretty much at a standstill or like a, 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 a standoff. The Chargers really don't want to pay him, seeing as though he still has, I think, like two years left on his contract. And Melvin Gordon feels he's one of the top running backs. And it's really hard to argue with his thinking because when he's on the field, he's like either he's top five in rushing yards. Uh Yards after contact, yards per per carry. Like he's he's one of the top running backs, so I kind of under I kind of understand from both perspectives why you want to get paid and why you wouldn't want to get paid. But if I was Melvin, I under, again I understand completely about getting your money. I really really do. I understand that you want to get everybody wants to get compensated for what they feel they contribute to a team. Or contribute to a job, or contribute to anything. You want to get paid, and I understand that. But the thing, the thing that I feel is really working against Melvin Gordon is two things. One, the way the NFL is going. As you know, a lot of the the rules have made it, I guess, easier for wide receivers and made the value of wide receivers go up. Now with the new pass interference rules that continue to come out year after year. Now with the whole challenge flag situations where you can challenge pass interference. The game is the easiest it's ever been for wide receivers and quarterbacks. Not to mention a lot of limitations they put on the defense. And you want a team, especially in today's NFL, you want a solid wide receiver core before you really want a running back. It, to me, it is it is crazy being a running back, seeing as though you not, you don't really get the spotlight like you should. Uh, you're running headfirst into the defense, and the all, except for the offense, you know, the line, you are the first person that that's that's gonna get hurt. 
And that's where I think is, is that's one reason why I think Melvin Gordon might not get what he's really looking for in this holdout because the league has changed. And because of that, he while he's valuable to his team, he's valuable to the Chargers. The, the Chargers don't really need him. The Chargers have two backup running backs that produce maybe not as much as Melvin Gordon, but produce produce as much as they won't they won't need Melvin Gordon for as long however long he wants to hold out. The second thing that is pretty much working against Melvin is the fact that he has two years left on his contract. And because he has two years left on his contract, even when the contract's over, you can franchise tag him. So this could drag out for three, four years. Now of course I don't see that happening, but that gives that gives the Chargers no incentives to to do to 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 help Melvin Gordon and hurt the team. Now I get I'm all for players getting as much money as possible. Trust me, I am. But the thing is, I'm if if I'm looking and sitting and if I am trying to look through the lenses of a front office executive why would I pay somebody one that agreed to however however long contract he agreed to and now wants to pretty much break that contract to get more money you see it's different it's different when we look at the NBA and we look at the Anthony Davis situation it's different when you just want out now teams could could agree to that and teams could does not ha- do not have to agree to that look at Look at back in the day. Remember when Kobe Bryant demanded a trade? In fact, he demanded a trade to the Bulls. He was like, yo, you guys, the Lakers need to trade me. The Lakers did not did not do what Kobe wanted. And now, look, Kobe go down to history as one of the greatest Lakers ever, maybe the greatest Laker ever. Teams don't have to listen to, to, to players. In, in the case of other extreme, where they listen and maybe like, maybe you should have chilled out, was the Paul George situation that we just saw with the Clippers. Yes, the OKC Thunder got an ample amount of picks, got a crazy amount of picks, and Chris Paul, but, not Chris Paul, I'm sorry, a crazy amount of picks, Shea Gilders-Alexander and Danilo Gallinari, but you didn't have, Paul George, it's like this, Paul George requested a trade on a Thursday and got traded on a Saturday. That's how quick that moved. Now, you, of course, that is the team pretty much acquiescing to what the player wanted, but they didn't have to. And that's what Melvin Gordon is looking at right now. The Chargers don't, there's no incentive for the Chargers to do what Melvin Gordon wants due to the fact that they still have, while the two backup, and there's a reason why they're backups, but the two backup running backs are not as productive as Mel, Melvin Gordon. They are serviceable. They can keep the ship afloat until and hopefully whenever this situation gets handled. And it's going to get handled because, one, even if they don't pay him, I don't see Melvin Gordon sitting out two, three years. That's, that's insane. Maybe a whole year like Le'Veon did, but I don't see Melvin Gordon doing that, especially when you look at how the league is going. It, it, it's, it's a changing, it's an ever-revolving door. It's ever-revolving. And you don't want to look up and have a situation where, you held out, you held out, and then boom, 
the team just says forget it and, and drops you. Now, yes, he'll probably still get a contract somewhere else, but the Chargers are in a good situation. The Chargers have 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 a team. Ha, the Chargers are 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 one of those teams that could compete for a Super Bowl. And you don't want to lose that, especially when they need you, but they don't need you, if you know what I'm saying. So that's that's the two things that are working against Melvin Gordon. One thing that is working on Melvin Gordon's side is his productivity. Yes, like I said before, you have two backup running backs that are serviceable. They are still not Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon, like I said, when healthy, he is one of the top five maybe even top three running backs in the league when healthy and when utilized. And the Chargers do a really good job utilizing when he's on the field. Again, I understand that the league is changing, but Melvin Gordon is still one of the top running backs. And when you have uh, Phillip Rivers and a Keenan Allen and a Le'Veon Bell, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Melvin Gordon, that, that's a three-headed monster that's hard to stop. Not to mention you got Mike Wallace and and, and it that look the char the Super Bowl windows Super Bowl windows are so small. You look at look at the, look at Green Bay. Green Bay won one Super Bowl and have has not been back since. Look at look at the uh, look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. They were a game away from the Super Bowl two years ago. Made it to the AFC Championship. The next year, they, they I think they only won five games. Super Bowl window. Look at the look at the Steelers. I mean, not Steelers. Look at the Seahawks. We thought, looking on paper, they had one of the greatest defenses of ever. Ever. They had Marshawn Lynch. They had Russell Wilson. They had solid pieces. They only went to two Super Bowls. Two. Should have won two, but only won one. Super Bowl windows are so small and. When you have, when you're able to have a core of Philip Rivers, Keenan Allen, and Marvin, Melvin Gordon, you don't want to break that up. So that's one thing that could be, or that's one thing that is on Melvin Gordon's side. Now, do I think he will get a deal? Yes, I do. Do I think he'll get a deal before game one? No, I do not. Because again, there's no incentive, no incentive for the Chargers to do what Melvin Gordon says, honestly. Now, I think it would be different if it was a Keenan Allen. It'll be different if it was a Mike Wallace. Uh, it'll be different if it was a Phillip Rivers, but it's a running back. And I'm not, I'm not taking away from anything the running back does, but it's not the most important position, especially in today's game. So, you know, I, I get the holdout. I do, but I don't, I don't think that this is going to go. Yes, Melvin Gordon's going to get paid, but I don't think he's going to get paid the amount he thinks he deserves, especially for holding out. You know, that's, I think he's going to do himself more harm than good. And, hey, I, 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 it would be different if you didn't have two years on your contract. Again, I'm for, I'm for holding out. Do what you got to do. But I'm for holding out if it is a clear path that you're going to get exactly what you want. And I don't see him getting exactly what he, what he wants. He wants to get paid like a top running back. I get that. But... I don't know if the Chargers are, especially the Chargers are known to being a stingy franchise. A stingy franchise with contracts. They're known as the franchise that doesn't do contracts early. So, 
or contract extensions early. So we'll definitely see how that goes. And another person that might hold out, he hasn't confirmed that he's holding out, but he might hold out is Cowboy, Dallas Cowboy Ezekiel Elliott. Now, the Melvin Gordon situation and the Ezekiel Elliott situation are completely different, and I'll tell you why. When we think about the Dallas Cowboys, we have three pillars of the offense. You have Ezekiel Elliott, who arguably is the best running back in the league. You have Dak Prescott, and you have Amari Cooper. All three are expecting contract extensions either this year or next year. Or, or, or renegotiating contracts either this year or next year. Amari Cooper's already said, let's play out the season. We'll talk about this in the offseason next year. Dak Prescott's pretty much kind of said the same thing, and he's not really worried about it. You know, blase, blase, do what you got to do. Ezekiel Elliott, however, is the one that has said, you know what, I want a contract extension now. I feel like I'm the best back in the league. Uh, my stats back it up, and I feel I have outplayed my rookie contract, which he has. But this is why this is completely different from Melvin Gordon. Dallas has, when I, when I say Super Bowl windows are small, while, <laughs> while the Chargers have a Super Bowl window, that is, you know, everybody pretty much has a, has a small Super Bowl window. This is the largest the Cowboys Super Bowl window has ever been. You have pretty much a completely healthy offense, a completely healthy defense. Uh, and the NFC will have great teams. <laughs> you, have, you have a core that is Super Bowl that should be in Super Bowl contention. This is, and the reason why I said this is wide open, because, again, you have Dak Prescott, you have Amari Cooper, and you have Ezekiel Elliott. By next year, you're either going to pay two of them, one of them, and you can't pay all three. Dallas just doesn't have the money to pay all three, so one of them has to go. Whether it's going to be Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, or Amari Cooper, and to me... If one of them goes, your your Super Bowl window shrinks considerably. Now, I don't know if you would pay Dak Prescott. I wouldn't pay him if I was them. But uh, who, what other quarterback are you going to get on the market? So what I'm saying is this is the year. If they want to contend for a Super Bowl, this is the year. Because come next year, this team could look completely different. And imagine they do pay all three because they could pay all three. That means they will lose very key pieces on their offensive line. They will lose very key pieces on their defense. And that, you, you, not, not just one piece, they will lose multiple pieces on their offensive line if they pay all three, which then lowers the effectiveness of Ezekiel Elliott, of um, Dak Prescott. So you this, <laughs> this year is the most important year and this is the this is not the year for Ezekiel Elliott to hold out. If it's really important to win a championship. Not to mention if he does hold out and gets that contract this year, 
it that pretty much cements that Dak Prescott or Amari Cooper are gone. <laughs> this again, this Melvin Gordon's contract situation doesn't really affect the team as a whole as much as Ezekiel Elliott's would and does. The Cowboys are considerably worse if Ezekiel Elliott is not on the field. While the Chargers are worse when Melvin Gordon is on the field, they're still serviceable. Dak Prescott plays completely different with Ezekiel Elliott on the field than he does with him off. Now, I've heard media outlets talk about maybe they should trade Ezekiel Elliott. They'll get a, a, a ton of draft picks. They might get a couple of serviceable players. And this is why I uh, this is this is I agree and disagree. I agree because a lot of people we know about the the off-field situations with Ezekiel Elliott with the the sexual harassment um cases and the the video of him groping homegirl. Um we've seen all that. And even this year, we saw, what, at the beach or something or, or, or at some festival or something? He had to be uh, detained. What, what I think athletes don't understand is, especially when you're asking for something or when you're demanding something, you have to be on your best behavior, man. And Ezekiel Elliott, since college, has not shown that he can do that for an entire offseason. Now... Again, production-wise, he's one of the top wide receivers. I mean, top running backs. But is his production worth off the off-field issues? I think it is. If you remain quiet, if you don't remain quiet, what happens? You start you start getting labels like a nuisance. You start getting labels like like he's hard to deal with. Like look at look at T.O. T.O. is one of the to me. T.O. is a top three, maybe even two. T.O. is top three wide receivers of all time. But when we talk about T.O., we don't talk about how great he was. We talk about on-the-field uh, antics. We talk about the the driveway press conference when he was doing the sit-ups, or no, the crunches. And we talk about the whole Hall of Fame fiasco. In turn, look at, player, look at a player like Larry Fitzgerald, who, by the way, is not as good as T.O., but Larry Fitzgerald is one of the most beloved players of all time. Same as Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson might, might, no, he's not better than T.O. Calvin Johnson's top five, but we don't think of, we don't, we hear nothing but great stuff about Calvin Johnson. And, and T.O.'s better than Calvin Johnson, but all we talk about T.O. is how much of a locker room distraction he was, or how much this, that, and the third. Bring it back to today, you don't want to be Ezekiel Elliott and having that, especially when you're demanding a contract. Especially when your contract will drastically change the the landscape of your team, whether this year or next year. Because you pay him, that means even if you pay, like I said, all three, somebody's a couple people's leaving on the offensive line and a couple people's leaving on the defense because you're not going to be able to pay him. You pay one of them, one, another one's leaving. So... Ezekiel Elliott's in a tough spot. If it was me, oh, so I said why I would be for trading him. Why I wouldn't be for trading him is because, again, sort of like Melvin Gordon, 
you have one of, if not the top running back in the league. You have him with Dak Prescott. And we've already said Dak Prescott plays better with Ezekiel Elliott on the field. It just, clearly, it just opens up lanes. So Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, who's one of the top young receivers in the game. You you don't want to break that nucleus up, especially when you're this close to a Super Bowl. It, I don't know how this year is going to go, but I know that this is the most important year for the Cowboys, especially with this whole Ezekiel Elliott situation. If they want to win a Super Bowl, this is the year to win. Because next year, that team can look drastically different. Drastically different. So we'll, we'll definitely see, man. We will definitely see because Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel is on the same path, but yet both outcomes will be drastically different for the team. And speaking of drastically different for the team, let's, let's talk about Trent Williams for a second and the Washington Redskins. So reports have come out saying that Trent Williams has demanded a trade. He doesn't trust Bruce Allen. And uh, he he doesn't really trust the franchise. And he wants, he, he's not playing for the franchise anymore. Now, another report has come out saying that all those reports are false. But he hasn't even reported to camp. This is what I say to the Redskins and Trent Williams. The Redskins have been a franchise that has been synonymous and that is known for not treating their players the best, especially key players. Look at what happened with RG3, especially toward especially at the end. Look what happened with Kurt Cousins. Look at what happened with uh, London Fletcher. Look at what happened with Santana Moss. Look at what happened with Clinton Portis. Look at what happened with Champ Bailey. They don't have the best reputation of treating their players best. Maybe Clinton Portis. You might want to, we could take off that list. But they don't have the, 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 the track record of doing right for their players. In the case of Trent Williams, Trent Williams is one of the most important pieces to that team. Not to mention, he's one of the best offensive linemen in the league. When you think of the Redskins, <coughs> excuse me. When you think of the Redskins, <laughs> like let's 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 look at the let's look at the Patriots. You look at Tom Brady, you can say he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You look at the the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You look at the Bears. Khalil Mack is one of the best defensive players in the league. You look at the Rams. Aaron Donald is one of, if not the best, player in the league. You look at the Texans and J.J. Watt. Hell, and and uh, DeAndre Hopkins. You look at all around the league, most teams, especially in the NFC, have a player or two that you can be that are in the argument for best player of blank. Best player of blank. When you look at the Redskins or Washington, whatever we want to say, they have one player, and that is Trent 
Williams is one of the best offensive linemen in the game, in the league. If, it was, if I was in charge of the Redskins, I would do everything in my power to keep that player. One, because almost every player that's come out, that's played with him, says that they love him as a teammate. He's a warrior. He's been a pro bowler for X amount of years consecutively. And he's dealt with a lot of injuries. But even when he's on the field, he's one of the best players on the field. Not to mention, we have a, you have a new quarterback coming in in Dwayne Haskins, a rookie quarterback at that. You want him to be as protected as possible. So not paying one of the people that is that their job is to protect them is not smart if you ask me. Not to mention the Redskins are not I don't see them being competitive next year anyway or this year anyways. So why not keep the best players and the best pieces that you can? You know, Washington, Washington football, it's, it's, they just, they just make, make weird decisions. You know, they make, they make tough head scratching decisions like paying Landon Collins a contract to make him one of the highest paying defensive players in the league. Highest paid, I'm sorry, defensive players in the league, but his production ain't no Highest defensive player in the league player. There's a reason why the Giants were ready to give up on him. Easily, too. There's a reason why I don't think they had too many. Um, I don't think they had too many uh, bitters against the Redskins. You know what I mean? But again, look, you don't want to lose. You do not want to lose Trent Williams. Especially with Dwayne Haskins coming in, it that's 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 not what you want to do, Washington. But it is it is it is uh, training camp season, and again, you have outside of the ones we talked about, you have a lot of storylines. Um, you know, we got Kyler Murray in Arizona. How is he going to work out? Uh, you have OBJ. Oh, and that's what we talk. That's what I want to talk about. You have OBJ, Landon Collins, uh, not Landon Collins, uh, Jarvis Landry, Baker Mayfield, Miles Garrett, and the Browns. I think we should pump the brakes on the Browns real quick. The Browns have had, in fact, nearly the entire lineage of the Browns except for the Jim Brown years has been nothing but losing nothing but losing even last year yeah they had probably one of the best records they've had in in decades but they still didn't really win anything and now that they got a couple players which which are solid players you know Odell Beckham Jr one of the top wide receivers in the game Jarvis Landry is a Jarvis Landry. Yeah, Jarvis Landry is one of the best, you know, secondary wide receivers. Miles Garrett's a beast. Baker Mayfield 
we I think a lot of people are donning them already as Super Bowl contenders. And I'm like, whoa. We still need to see how Baker Mayfield does with Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. Now, we've already seen with Jarvis, but now you have pretty much two number one wide receivers. Because Jarvis Landry was number one, and people don't remember, in Miami. And Odell Beckham's already said, you know, he's chasing, what, 20,000 seven yards versus Jerry Rice. So he's, he's, he's really putting stock into this numbers-wise, if you ask me. I, just, I think we should slow down just to see how they play first. We haven't seen a preseason game with all these players. Not to mention, I still have questions about their offensive line. I still have questions about how they're going to gel completely on defense, especially their secondary. It's just, I think we should pump the brakes. We should definitely pump the brakes. Do I think that they're a good squad? Of course. Baker Mayfield, especially last year, with with all the stuff that they dealt with, with you know the the head coach and everything he had a he had a phenomenal season for what he showed uh miles garrett looks like a beast and him and jarvis landry look like they connected even though they didn't connect as much as i wanted them to for fantasy but that's not the story they still connected and you don't want to take that away and and you can't forget that and i think that's what's building on this hype but i, I think we should slow down and a lot of people are are, are killing Steelers now losing Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, which I believe they will most definitely struggle. But that's still the Steelers. You still have Big Ben. You still have Juju Smith-Schuster. You still have James Connors or Connor. You still have some pieces that are that are that are that are solid. So you know, pump the brakes. Yet. Pump the brakes on the Browns until we see at least a game of all them together. Maybe they could just be they should just come out the gate smoking and if they do that then boom much power to them much power to them but again man there's there's a lot of there's a this is one of the most exciting to me exciting seasons going into the nfl because i think it's wide open of course you still have the 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 patriots dynasty we want to see uh what's going to happen with aaron Rodgers and matt lafleur to see if they're going to match because Aaron Rodgers has a, a, a lot of, well, his wide receiver core is still iffy, but his defense, he has one of the best young defenses in the league now. We haven't really been able to say that about Green Bay in a while. You know, you, you have the Giants, what the hell they're going to do, especially with Chase, with Daniels. It, I don't That doesn't make sense. But, you know, <laughs> there's just a lot of storylines, a lot of storylines. The, 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 the Jets and Sam Darnold with, with Le'Veon Bell. How's Le'Veon Bell going to be, especially after a year of sitting out? So, you know, it's exciting. And unfortunately, we had some news yesterday about A.J. Green. A.J. Green tears a ligament in his leg that will have him sidelined for six to eight weeks. While, thank God it was not in the middle of the season, he is likely to miss at least week one of the NFL season. And this is a recurring theme with not only A.J. Green, but a lot of great. A.J. Green, to me, is starting to be, to get in that Derrick Rose uh, type bubble. As in, 
when Derek, when 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 AJ Green is completely healthy, he is one of the best wide receivers in the league. To me, AJ, you can argue that he is a top five wide receiver in the league when healthy. When Derrick Rose was young and before his ACLs tearing out, he was one. He to me, he will go down. He would have gone down in history as the most athletic point guard to ever play. But then the injuries started to happen, and we started to see year by year that the injuries are really starting to take a toll on him. Hell, we even saw last year. Yeah, he had a fifty-point game, but Derrick Rose was not. Derrick Rose has not looked the same since. The game against Philly when he hurt himself, when he tore the ACL, the first one, the playoff game. A.J. Green, as we're seeing, year after year after year, he is sidelined with an injury or a concussion or something like that. And we're starting to see it take a toll of like his, his explosiveness. He's still explosive, but he's not as explosive as he's been. His, his, he used to be able to, like, if you threw him the ball, yeah, he's catching that. Now it's it's iffy iffy. He's he's not be he's not he's not able to get as good a separation as he's been. And it AJ Green is starting to be forgotten about. People used to forget about DeAndre Hopkins just because he played on a terrible team. They didn't forget about DeAndre Hopkins because he wasn't available. They didn't forget about DeAndre Hopkins because he just was declining. He was just on a team that had nobody else. Until they got, you know, J.J. Watt and Jadavion Clowney and Deshaun Watson. Now you look at, now you look up, Deshaun Watson's 99 on Madden. A.J. Green is starting to be, you know, I don't even think it's starting. A.J. Green is really, to me, in that, uh, <laughs> A.J. Green is in that, um, that class right now of, yeah, I'm forgetting about you, my G. When I saw that A.J. Green, when I saw on the ticker, A.J. Green left practice, carted off practice with a foot injury, the first thing I was like, dang, again? But then I saw my, or caught myself thinking, oh, shoot, I totally forgot about A.J. Green. That should never happen, especially with a player as good as A.J. Green. You should never forget about A.J. Green. That's how good he is. But these injuries are really starting to take a toll. They, they, they. Of course, I wish for a speedy recovery, man. I, I don't want. I want nothing but the best for AJ Green. Again, when healthy, he's still one of the top wide receivers in the game. Top five, you can argue. But he hasn't been. I don't remember the last time he's played a full healthy season. Now, yes, he plays with Andy Dalton, who is notorious for being up and down. He doesn't play with the best offensive. He doesn't play for the best team. The Cincinnati Bengals is not the best team at all. But he used to be, you know, of all those fails, you still have AJ Green. Now he's he's more of a well, well. We had, we don't even have AJ Green because he continues to get hurt. The man got hurt in practice. Practice. The first day of camp, by the way. So. Again, I, I don't want to take away from how great A.J. Green is, but he need, his, these, these injuries are starting to mount up, man. These injuries are starting to mount. And it's starting to get scary, man. It start, he's starting to me, he's really starting to tear into that Derrick Rose, 
um, Brandon Roy um, type 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 situation that continues to get hurt. It you know it's funny. We talk about I think this is like there was an article that came out on Bleacher Report talking about some of the most earliest retirements. And one of them, or most shocking earliest retirements, and one of them, of course, is the great Barry Sanders. A lot of people are like, yo, Barry, what's going on, man? Like, you're one of the best. He's, to me, to me, he's one of, if not the greatest running back to ever play. But he left early because he didn't want to, he knew, he saw the landscape of his team, and he knows, all right, I'm the only thing my team has, and I'm not about to continue to get hurt for this team it has no chance you start to question and you start to to ask yourself is it really worth aj green continuing to go out there and continuing to get hurt for the the Bengals? i'm not saying retire but we just talked about how melvin gordon and ezekiel elliott continues or or not continues are are trying to hold out for more money because they feel they deserve it Sometimes you got to ask yourself, maybe it's time for A.J. Green to just demand a trade. Just start fresh, start with a whole new system, a system that can help him. Like, like imagine A.J. Green with, with a capable quarterback. Imagine A.J. Green with, with Aaron Rodgers. Imagine a, a healthy A.J. Green with, not even, imagine A.J. Green with, with, with Russell Wilson. It's, sometimes, I know these injuries are mountain, but you also got to realize maybe, Maybe it's not just him. Maybe it could be the training staff. Maybe it could be just a situation he's in. Maybe he just needs to start fresh. But right now, AJ, the stock on AJ Green is is unfortunately declining, and it shouldn't be declining for a young player who, at his best and at his healthiest, is one of the best. So it it you know it it sucks. It sucks. But that's where we're at with AJ Green, and that's where we're at with the Cincinnati Bengals. So we really need to see where that where that goes. You know what I mean? Because I, you know, I, I definitely wish the best for all players, but especially great great players. And AJ Green has has when healthy, of course, and I continue to say when healthy because that's that's what it is. AJ Green has the has the potential of being one of the greatest wide receivers to ever play if he's able to stay on the field. And when he is on the field, play alongside some adequate, like an adequate quarterback. Andy Dalton sucks. I'm gonna just keep it. I'm gonna, I'm just be real. Andy Dalton sucks. Maybe it's time for AJ Green to demand that trade. Maybe he has. I don't know. But maybe it's time. Maybe it is time. So, yeah. Um, I just, I, I feel bad for AJ, man. I really do. Cause, again, he's, he's. He, it's like a Derrick Rose symptom, man. He continues to get hurt. Continues to get hurt year after year. So, you know. Man, before before I get off of the NFL, there was a... Executives and coaches did like an NFL quarterback tier. You have tier one who are the team or the quarterbacks that can win the team. Like, they win because of them. These are the quarterbacks that uh, you know. Maybe the team sucks, but you can put the court. You can put the the. You can put the the team on their back, and they'll still win some games. 
Then you have tier two. And tier two are players that have maybe one hole or two holes in their game, but are still really good quarterbacks. Really, maybe uh, they're, they're maybe an attribute away from being a tier one, or they could be an attribute, or they could have one or two attributes that make them not be a tier three. And a tier three are quarterbacks that need a strong running game or a defense to win, meaning they can't really carry a team. They can't be the best player on their team, or they aren't the best player on their team. And I'm going to go down the list quickly. So Tier 1, like I said, Tier 1 are the players that, or the quarterbacks that are pretty much the best of the best. The team wins because of them. That's Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. Oh, and these are these are my, this is not my list, these are the, NFL executives and quarterbacks, or executives and coaches that did this list. So tier one, they have Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes, Andrew Luck, Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, and Russell Wilson. That's the tier one. Tier two, which again are the player or the quarterbacks that has a, a hole or two, but are still really good quarterbacks. You have Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, Matthew Stafford, uh, Deshaun Watson, Jared Goff, and Baker Mayfield. Now you have top. Now you have the tier three. Uh, you have Cam Newton, Kurt, Kurt Cousins, Dak Prescott, Nick Foles, Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, Joe Flacco, Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, Eli Manning, Mr. Trubisky, Mar- Marcus Mariota, and Sam Darnold. I don't really have a problem with this list, but I do have a problem with one player. And that player, for people that know, I don't know why, but I'm going to die on this hill. I am a huge, huge fan of Cam Newton. I've been a fan of Cam Newton since he beat my favorite college football team, Oregon Ducks, in the national championship when he was playing for Auburn. I just knew, all right, it's Cam. I understand that Cam is not the most accurate quarterback. I get that. Hell, Brett Favre was not the most accurate quarterback yet. A lot of people put him top five ever quarterbacks. But to put Cam Newton as a tier three quarterback, to me, is laughable. And to me, it's, it's a slight disrespectful. We, The last, few, last two years, Cam Newton has dealt with injuries. As we know, Cam Newton is one of the, not one of Cam Newton is the most physically gifted quarterback to ever play in the NFL. He's one of the best athletes in the game in the in the world today. He's big, he's physical, he has a strong arm, and of course, as we know, his legs. He he has he's huge with a sprinter sprinter speed. He's he's quick. Which is why he's one of the greatest running quarterbacks to ever play. I did a podcast like a while, like an episode a while ago, like a brick ago. You can go check it out if you haven't. But I compared and I and I pretty much gave my reasons why Cam Newton is better than Michael Vick. Now a lot of people gave me flack on it without even listening, but I pretty much gave stats, I gave examples, and I gave reasoning. 
again, I understand that Cam Newton is not the most accurate quarterback. I get that. But if you look at Tier 1, let's not even just look at Tier 1. Let's look at Tier 2. How do you have Baker Mayfield, who's only been there for a year, and a Tier 2, yet you have Cam Newton in Tier 3, the same Cam Newton that went healthy and... He did arguably have the best defense, but when healthy, led the Carolina Panthers to the Super Bowl. Yes, they didn't win, but they led the Carolina Panthers to the Super Bowl. And he won offensive MVP. How do you have Cam Newton below Baker Mayfield? I'm not even I don't even think look, I'm not I'm not even gonna argue. I don't think Cam Newton is a tier one. Cam Newton, to me, should not be in the same discussion as Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, uh, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes right now, even though we've pretty much only seen one season of it. Patrick Mahomes, Andrew Luck, Phillip Rivers, Ben Roslenberger, and Russell Wilson. To me, at least right now in, in their career and his, he, he shouldn't be in that list. But you're telling me that Baker Mayfield is that much better than, than Cam Newton? You're telling me that Jared Goff is that much better. You're telling me that Aunt Matthew Stafford is that much better than Cam Newton. I'll tell you this. I put money. The Lions would be a lot better if Cam Newton was the quarterback instead of Matthew Stafford. I don't care if this is an unpopular topic. This is an unpopular podcast. Thanks for listening. Imagine if the... Well, that would be kind of crazy for the locker room. But imagine if the Browns had Cam Newton. We want to, not to mention, yes, he doesn't have the greatest accuracy, but he, look at the, look at the wide receiver court he's played with these last few years. Hell, his best wide receiver to me he's ever played with is Steve Smith. And Greg Olson, and Greg Olson's a tight end who continues to get injured. Look, y'all gonna stop disrespecting Cam Newton. Again, I understand his accuracy and sometimes his decision making. But again, you're still talking about one of the one of the most one of the greatest physical physical specimens the league has ever seen. We talk about Zion as one of the most physical specimens the the NBA has ever seen. Cam Newton is in that same class, but for the NFL. We've never seen a player that big, that strong, that that agile at quarterback. And, again, he's been dealing with a shoulder injury at that the last, few, last year, year and a half. That's kind of hard having a shoulder injury as a quarterback. So do I think Cam Newton deserves to be a tier one? No. At this point, may, you can argue Big Ben as a tier two. But even then, I would I, I, I would I could see you replacing maybe Big Ben with Carson Wentz. Maybe Carson Wentz continues to stay healthy, he would be a tier one. 
or maybe even Matt Ryan, but there's no way that Cam Newton's a tier three quarterback. No way. There's no way. When I'm thinking of Cam Newton, I also want to think about Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, Nick Foles, Jimmy Garoppolo, and, and Mitch Trubisky. And Joe Flacco at that. There's no way. No way. Cam Newton is better than all of them, if you ask me. So let's 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 start really putting some respect on Cam Newton's name, man. Like, come on, bro. That's that's outrageous. That's outrageous, man. <laughs> so is there anything else I want to talk about NFL? Um I don't know if I talked about it. I don't know if I um gave my thoughts on it, but very quickly about the Tyreek um Tyreek Hill situation. So the NFL is gonna go I know this is old, but I don't even think I talked about it, unfortunately. Um the NFL is going to is is not going to uh discipline Kyrie uh Tyreek Hill for the or they found no evidence of child abuse pretty much. For people that don't know, there was an incident where his girlfriend or fiance, whatever she is, recorded Tyreek Hill um talking after their son was ended up with a broken arm and their son was pretty much saying that it was Tyreek Hill. Now Tyreek now if you listen to those um tapes those are very disturbing tapes of now he didn't he didn't come out and say I did it but I'm just saying they're very disturbing the the tapes of what was said um and I don't know I don't know what what happened of course nobody knows what happened but Tyreek and the little boy his his son I do know this. If kids just don't end up breaking their arms without nobody knowing what happened, especially when they broke their arm in the house and nobody knows what happened. Uh, especially if 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 a kid says I broke their arm. What incentive do they have to lie, especially on their parent? Especially a young kid. It's not like a teenager or anything. Like, especially a young kid, like a a, 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 a kid in the single digits age-wise. What incentive does he have to lie, especially when there's fear in, involved? Why would you lie on somebody, especially if you ensued fear in them? I don't know if Tyreek Hill did it or not. I'm not going to put blame on, but I'm, I will say this: Multi, there have been multiple cases, especially this year, or last year, one of two, where p- police has been called to the Hill residence, and uh, I know something happened. Kids just don't wake up with a broken arm. I mean, I've slept wild before, like jumping around and everything, but I know that I didn't break my arm. Uh, this just shows, look, if this was, if this was any other player, 
that wasn't if this was a a, a player that was not as productive as Tyreek Hill, he would have been out of here, bro. You wouldn't have heard you would have you would have not have heard Tyreek Hill's name again if it wasn't a a player that is of substance. Or if it was a player that wasn't as integral as Tyreek Hill. If a player and I, and I don't mean to bring his name. I'm going to because he's had instances too. If a player, like, if a player is not as productive or not, their potential isn't as high as a Tyreek Hill or as a Reuben Foster, they would be up out of here. Like, look at look at Ray Rice. Ray, there was a video, of course, we saw of him. But I put money. Ray Rice would have beat that case somehow, some way, if he was still productive. The only reason why it didn't, it, it pretty much, you know, he lost that one is because he wasn't productive anymore on the field. Imagine, imagine Tom Brady having a video like, or having having audio recordings like Tyreek Hill had. They would find a way through heaven and hell to delete them tapes because it's Tom Brady. But imagine if a, a if a Chris Thompson had them tapes. Imagine if a, if a, imagine if a Marshawn Lynch had those tapes right now. We would never hear about Marshawn Lynch ever again putting pads on. Retired or not, even if he didn't want to retire. What I'm saying is the NFL is going to discipline who they want, but they also understand brand. They also understand who makes money for them and who doesn't. Tyreek Hill is a commodity, a, a high commodity. And it's crazy, it, it's unfortunate that a kid was injured, a child was injured. And if you ask me, and of course, I'm not spreading anything, I'm not saying he did it, because I don't know, I wasn't there. But I know something happened, especially if police have been called to your house multiple times in one year. And that's all I'm going to say about that. The NFL is going to discipline who they want and who. That's all I'm going to say about that. So let's move on. Uh, Y'all see that Jeremy Lin video? <laughs> oh, man. And this is, look, that's not funny. It's not funny. Jeremy Lin was speaking at somewhere, and he was pretty much saying how he's hit rock bottom. Uh, this is the same Jeremy Lin, by the way, who just maybe a month or two ago won an NBA championship. But Jeremy Lin was saying uh, he's hit rock bottom. Free agency's been been really tough for him because he feels like the league has given up on him because he does. He's currently not on the team. And every, like, almost everyone, yo, get Jeremy Lin, put Jeremy Lin in, you know, like, get Jeremy Lin on the squad. He's still good. People outside the league, you know, Jeremy Lin doesn't deserve this. He's a champion. This, that, and third. I just want to sit back. I just want you guys, that all, all, yeah, I want, again, I said this at the top of the show, and I'm going to say this now. I want all players to get paid what they're due and what they're owed and what they deserve. Jeremy Lin deserves to be on the team. Jeremy Lin is still can still produce. Jeremy Lin is still good. 
uh, I think, because we really didn't see him in the NBA Finals, but Jeremy Lin's cool. But, but again, we didn't see Jeremy Lin in the NBA Finals because Fred Van Vliet was playing more than him. Fred Van Vliet was playing more than Jeremy Lin. And for all these people, all I'm going to say about this, again, I'm not, I'm not shining light on the fact that this man is hurting right now, that he wants to be on the team so bad. I get it. Somebody signed Jeremy Lin. But keep all these people that are, are, are hoping and, and, and imploring that Jeremy Lin get a contract, I want you guys to keep the same exact en- uh, energy for Carmelo Anthony. Same people that are clowning Carmelo Anthony, and give me it's it, it is funny. It is fun. Some of the some of the jokes are funny, but Carmelo Anthony doesn't have a team, and right now Carmelo Anthony is better than Jeremy Lin. Right now, if you ask me. Yet Jeremy Lin is getting all this sympathy because he was crying on the video. And again, this is the same Jeremy Lin. That won a championship. So, Melo, they just, an article just came out. Melo's not even, they don't even want Melo on Team USA. And we'll talk about that in a second, but he didn't even want Melo on Team USA for the FIBA. We'll talk about that now. So, Team USA, uh, they're going through a lot right now. You're getting a lot of the top names that they that previously agreed to play have withdrawn their name. You have Damian Lillard, uh, Anthony Davis, Bradley Bill, James Harden, um, Kevin Love. They're really struggling to find players. DeMar DeRozan. They're finding they're struggling to find players that really want to play for them. And there's a lot of reasons, or there's there's kind of like two reasons, three reasons. One reason is because we just saw the most movement, free agency movement in NBA history this 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 offseason. We saw players left Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Anthony Davis, uh, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul. We saw so many players move teams that um, I think forty percent of the league were free agents, and I think forty percent of the league changed teams. Or maybe, yeah, like 40% of the league changed teams. So this is very, especially championship teams, championship window teams. This is very integral. This is a very integral offseason, you know, to mesh with your new players. Like a, like a, like a a Russell Westbrook and a James Harden or LeBron James and Anthony Davis. This is also a big year for players like Bradley Bill, who will be playing for a new contract. Not to mention all the turmoil going on with Washington. This is just a bad year for FIBA to ask these players because this offseason is so important for a lot of the players. A lot of them. Just because, especially the players that have championship aspirations like a LeBron, uh, LeBron and AD or, uh, or Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Secondly, it's FIBA. There's a huge difference between FIBA World Cup and a gold medal from the Olympics. When kids go grow up, they don't say, hey, I hope I win that FIBA World Cup. 
No, they always say, I want to be an Olympian. I want to be, I want to win gold medal. The FIBA Cup does not hold the same weight while they're still good. Don't get me wrong. They're still good. The FIBA Cup doesn't hold the same weight as, 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 as an Olympic gold, gold, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, again, I, I still, I don't think that the Olympics will get the same play, like, they won't, I don't think they'll get the LeBrons, they won't get the, the Kawhi Leonard's, I don't think they'll get the Steph Curry's, but they'll get the Bradley Bills, they'll get the James Harden's, and I'm not saying they're like tears, like tears or anything. I'm saying those players will be more inclined to play for the Olympics instead of FIBA. So, and it's and it's funny. You see a lot of players. Uh, now, of course, they're not big name players, but you see a lot of players like like a like a Montrez Harold or a Lou Williams or um, Trey Young play for Drew League and have Drew League has no problems. Picking up a player or two from the NBA. Hell, James Harden played last year. Chris Paul played last year. I, I think I think it's funny how how much the Drew League has come up because now, to me, it's more attractive playing for the Drew League than it is playing for um, Team USA for FIBA. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that's going to, you know, the synergy's energy's going to be the same for the uh, Olympics, but for FIBA, the Drew League is is more appealing. I'm hearing more about the Drew League than I'm hearing about anything else. And you know, <laughs> I I think that's I, I think that's just funny how how and that's that's a testament to how much the Drew League has come up. And that's really not even a slight on Team USA. That's just giving the Drew League its props, honestly. So, you know, that's 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 about it. That's that's about it. And lastly, before we go, because I gotta give them props. So the WNBA All Star Weekend happened, and of course, uh, the big, just like every All Star Weekend, the big finale is the All Star Game. And I just want to, one, I want to commend for WNBA for getting it right. Somewhat. I don't, again, you want to make this a marquee thing. Why would you have the All-Star game Saturday afternoon? Why wouldn't you just have it Sunday night? There ain't no NFL, so why wouldn't you have it Sunday night? I digress. Also, why don't you have as many skill challenges as just like the WNBA, I mean, just like the NBA. I know you ain't going to have a slam dunk contest, but you have... Uh, skills competition. You have a celebrity versus um, player game. You have you already have a three point contest, which was exciting, and you have a skills competition. But you have, what's the, what's the joint where uh, the three like the legend, the current player, and like somebody else? Like why don't you have that? Or why don't you have the rookie rookie versus uh the rookie showcase, rookie rookie challenge or whatever it's called. I just think that they can do the W, uh, the All-Star Weekend. They can, first of all, make it a weekend. And I think it could be a lot better. But I will give, however, the WNBA its credit. This All-Star Weekend was exciting. The three-point contest was exciting. The skills competition was exciting. And I want to talk about the All-Star game. And I want to, I want to, one, 
The jerseys looked great. If I could give it, if I can get, in fact, I'm going to look into if I can get a jersey or not, because those jerseys were fire. I like the red one more than the white one, but they were fire. And I just want to give a shout out to Erica Wheeler. Erica Wheeler uh, was an undrafted player and the fifth undrafted player to ever make the WNBA All-Star team. Not only was she the fifth undrafted player to ever make a WNBA All-Star team, she finished with 25 points. She had a record. She had seven three-pointers, and she won the WNBA All-Star Game MVP. Team Wilson won 129 to 116 or 129 to 126 over Team Deladon. Erica Wheeler became the first undrafted WNBA player to ever win NBA WNBA All-Star Game MVP. And I think that you know, she I think her mother and somebody else, and, and I'm not trying to butcher this, I do apologize, but a mother and another, a friend, mother and friend died in the same year. And it was really heartfelt speech that she gave, you know. She was crying, tearing up, of course, and she was telling people, don't quit. Continue to pursue your dreams and do what you got to do. Have that motivation and continue to move forward. And I want to give Erica Wheeler her props because she was hooping in that All-Star game. When you're playing alongside greats like or or really solid players like Elena Deladon, uh, Liz, I say that's, I say her name wrong. Hold up, I say her name wrong every. T- I say her name wrong every single time. Liz Cambage. It's not, I keep saying Cambridge, but it's Liz Cambage. But you're playing alongside greats like her. Uh, Elena Deladon. Um, Kia Nurse, who is a young talent that made the All-Star team. Um, I understand how you could feel like, okay, yeah, I was selective, but I, I could... I don't know if I belong. And it's not just in basketball, it's anywhere. People 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 struggle. I've struggled my whole life, but and it it, it it was tough at first, especially getting in rooms and getting in situations with people that I felt I didn't belong, you know what I'm saying? But I didn't quit and I'm still not quitting, you know? And I'm not, this is not about me. This is about Erica Wheeler. I want to give her her props. I want to give her her shout out. She did. She was hooping. I know it's the All-Star game, but she was hooping. Hell, she made it to the All-Star game. All these women that are in the league di- didn't make it over her. So, and on a night where you crown one of the top athletes in your game, she reigned supreme that night. So, I want to give Erica Wheeler congratulations and props for becoming the first undrafted 
player to ever win All-Star Game MVP. Definitely well-deserved. And for everybody out there, listen. If you can, go peep her speech, her, uh, her speech at the end of the game. And just continue to fight, man. Continue to fight. Don't let situations uh, stop you. Situations out, you know, that, that are, are geared to stop you. Don't let that stop you. And do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. Because you are, you are stronger than whatever's in front of you. And with that being said, this has been the Unpopular Podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in. Please, 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 please subscribe if you can. And share this if you can. Whether you're listening to this iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, I want to thank you guys. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for the support. Thank you for everybody that continues to reach out. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's all I can say. I, I am extremely grateful. For people that want have questions, and, and I don't really want them to be sports questions, but send them to me. You can DM me anywhere. You can hit me up, text me, call me, whatever. I can, I'm going to answer some of your questions because I do unpopular questions, which is every Thursday where I answer you guys' questions. Uh, I, got, I got a lot of people that send me questions. I thank you guys for that. But if you want to hear a question answered or two, send it my way. I will definitely read it. Anything that's sent to me, I'm going to read. So, again, this has been the Unpopular Podcast. Oh, and for people that haven't caught on, what's going to be a recurring thing is I'm still going to drop the episode every Monday at 9 o'clock. So this is dropping right now, Monday at 9 o'clock on all DSPs. That is, like I said, all the all the audio is going to be dropped, um, iTunes, everywhere. However, the visuals is going to be dropped Tuesday morning. So you're, the YouTube is going to be dropped the morning after. You're still going to get the audio that is still going to be Mondays at 9 o'clock every week. But every week from now on, the visuals are going to be on Tuesday, Tuesday mornings. I'm not going to give a definitive time. I just know Tuesday mornings. Because if y'all know editing-wise how long it takes to load and render everything, it's a doozy. So, again, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. I think this is episode 59, I think. I don't know. But I am excited. I'm very excited. And I'm going to keep going. Until next time, much love. Who be raising her daughter's kids, she's 46 One is one, one is two, others four and six Baby dad ain't really with that supportive shit I come to town, iced out with the foreign drip I got another cousin, she the same age as me Our lifestyle's completely different and basically Her baby dad beat her ass, what I hate to see Her black eye as I cried, it's a daily thing uh. And here I am chasing dreams Ignorant with bliss, worrying about plays and streams The crazy part is, they don't even say a thing They don't want me to worry, just go and make a I cream I got an aunt with a cheating husband Always knew he bogus 
Used to wear turtlenecks and some Louis loafers. Coming home to family struggles got me losing focus. I don't know how else to deal, so it's truly I got a brother out there who like five years old. I don't know why daddy try to hide your soul. No blood test needed, cause it just might be. Seen a picture, little man looking just like me. That's closest that go through the motions. Maybe it's me that's been selfish. Don't know why I can't help it. And it's been hard for me to see what you've been going through. It's tiring. Cause you've been suffering, suffering. No more suffering in silence. And they don't even ask for shit. When I was broke, grab my money, grab me cash and shit. And she wasn't even the one that was having it. Family be mattering most, but it's a catalyst. I got another cousin bugging who addicted to Zan. Said it was her substitute for never getting a man. Said we all need love, only if it's in the plan. Force love, the worst love, throw that shit in the can. I got an auntie who a prostitute that hurt my soul. Promise you selling your body ain't worth that gold. Reverse that role. You don't gotta swerve that role. Searching for the answer. I don't wanna search that low Cause I done been through a lot My family goes through worse Crying on this airplane How I wrote this verse They be suffering in silence They don't tell me a thing All they tell me is Nigga, go excel in your dreams Yeah, it be the ones that's closest That go through all the motion Maybe it's me that's been selfish 